I almost, I, I don't even really remember how I typically start. You usually say, welcome to 2002 uh, Film Odyssey, your number one podcast for all things 2002. That's right. Okay. All right. Welcome to 2002 Film Odyssey, your number one podcast for all things 2002. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we're, and, uh, we're coming to you. Oh, we started to talk over each other. Whoops. Uh, we're coming to you uh, remotely. Yeah, we're not in the shed at the moment. Well, you're in the shed. I'm in the shed. Yeah, I'm not. No. Uh, but we're, so so this episode actually like might sound better than most of our episodes. <laughs> In fact, all of them, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we are recording uh, via Zoom right now because mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. you are currently you're finally you have finally been gotten. You finally got got. Yeah, I I finally got COVID after not getting it. Uh, all this time yeah uh, how's it feel uh i mean it doesn't f- feel that bad i've been pretty good for like the last uh five days or so but still testing positive so i was able to catch up on a lot of movies and rest up which was nice but uh yeah still positive at this exact moment well you know it's important to uh always stay positive mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh yeah it's it's weird being here in the shed by myself without without you here yeah yeah i'm sorry i i hope it's uh hope it's not too much of a a bummer i guess i don't know i don't know what i'm saying i i lost my train of thought already (laughs) i'm too busy like watching my audio levels and stuff (laughs) just a, a distraction i don't normally have to deal with when we record yeah because i'm usually the one that looks at those yeah exactly uh well we should start off by saying that this is a very special episode of 2002 a film odyssey because it's pretty different in terms of format we're not going to be talking about a single film from the year 2002 on this episode that's right well i mean i actually i actually did watch a film from 2002 in this time period but i will (laughs) refrain from discussing that film uh, because it will eventually get its own episode. Well, you can mention, you can at least mention what you watched. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'll I'll, I'll give a shout out to it. But actually, I watched that entire uh, trilogy that 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 film is a part of. Okay. And uh, uh, I I will not discuss any of them because we will we will talk about all three of them on that the 2002 entries episode yeah yeah because i'm sure we'll discuss the entire trilogy yeah uh i think i know exactly what you're talking about so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh yeah well great me trilogy. yeah great trilogy i guess maybe we should just say it so we're not so cryptic you're talking about the austin powers trilogy <laughs> that's right i rewatched yeah. all three austin powers uh <laughs> movies mm-hmm. uh uh had a pretty good time in, yeah in a way in a way yeah i mean um, they're all they're all watchable yeah mm-hmm. i i think there's funny stuff in all of them sure like, obviously obviously the first one is like a lot better yeah <laughs> like two and three are 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 bad they're not good but they've got they've got <laughs> I, some laughs and they're not terrible some good stuff yeah yeah uh, I uh, stuck up. I, mean, I stuck up for Goldmember for a long, long time. <laughs> I actually think Goldmember's better than uh, Spy Who Shagged Me. I, I I would say that, yeah. Even though I think the Will Ferrell scene in 
shagged me is pretty great. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was what I was thinking of when I was thinking of stuff that's, like, funny mm-hmm. in the sequels. Like, that might be, like, the funniest scene in all of the Austin Powers movies. Yeah, it, it even... Maybe that's not true. It even rivals some of the the jokes from the first one. Even though, like, it's just, like, a skewed version of, like, one of the jokes from the first Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well... In the, like, off chance that this is somebody's first time listening to this show, should we quickly say, like, how a normal episode of this show normally plays out? Like, what a a typical episode is? Sure, because that would, that would also explain the format of this show. Right. Which, which is also, I guess, going to be, like, our New Year's spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, on a typical episode of 2002 of Film Odyssey, we talk about a movie, sometimes two movies, but usually it's just one, that came out in the year 2002 because on this show, we are working our way through the entire theatrical movie release calendar of the year 2002 in chronological order, and we're talking about every single film. That's right. But but at the top of each episode, we usually do this thing called uh, chill out. We we chill out for a period of time, and we talk about movies that we've recently seen. Well, that's that's what this is going to be, right? This is going to be like an extended chill out only. Yeah, this is our chill out spectacular. Two thousand two chopped and screwed. <laughs> This is the episode of 2002 Film Odyssey where we don't talk about a 2002 film. Except yeah, for, the... we'll briefly talk about Goldmember, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I've already said as much as I want to say about Goldmember until mm-hmm. we do that episode uh, many months from now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So this is, this is a, a no 2002 zone from here on out. Right of this podcast episode, uh, and this is just a, this is just a temporary episode. Like it's just a a one off kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure we'll do this again at some point because yeah, we've got years years of doing this podcast left. Mm-hmm. But uh, we will resume normal programming next episode, which mm-hmm. will be uh, kissing Jessica Stein. Yeah, is that right. Kissing Jessica Stein is the next episode, which we're probably going to record hopefully within the next week or so um i just have to start testing negative and then we have to line up our our guest we have to make sure everybody watches the movie which i have not watched yet uh no i have not yet either yeah i mean i saw it back in 2002 but i haven't watched it yeah i didn't i never saw it yeah uh i rented it on dvd back then oh you were a cool uh 15 year old (laughs) yeah um yeah so uh yeah at the top of every episode we either me and dan or me dan and a guest uh chill out for like i don't know sometimes it's like 10 to 15 minutes sometimes it's like an hour where we just talk about some things that we've 
usually closer to an hour <laughs> usually yeah sometimes it's it's shorter but sometimes we like go off on a bunch of tangents and we we ramble for a while uh where we just talk about stuff that we've watched recently uh but we're gonna do that for this entire episode yeah that's right that's right we're, we're gonna talk about everything we've been watching for the last like month and a half because we haven't really had a lot of opportunities to record anything yeah which is part of the reason we wanted to do this episode is to just record something yeah we wanted to get one more out for before the year ends fire one more off Uh, although i think this may come out like on like new year's like day or the day after yeah it'll probably come out early 2023 but we uh we're recording it on What's today? December 29th? Or 28th. 30th. 30th. Today? Today's the 30th, yeah. Your days are all off because you've been inside for like <laughs> nine days. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, no, today is... Oh, today is the 30th. <laughs> today wow. is December 30th, yeah. I think the last time I saw you on uh, via via Zoom was last Wednesday, is that right? Uh, Yeah, no, it was uh christmas eve christmas eve five days ago we did a uh we did a facetime movie night yeah it feels a lot more recent than five days ago that i saw you but time's all (laughs) all warped yeah right yeah and uh, you you don't have a great uh you don't have a great grasp on time at the moment which i understand that was how it was when i had covid because i've i've still only had it the one time uh, yeah like after we saw Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. You had the Top Gun Maverick variant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, like jet fuel in my bloodstream. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, uh, we recorded our last episode about a month and a half ago where we talked about Men with Brooms and the Time Machine. And we've watched quite a few movies since then. Mm-hmm. So I've got my letterboxed. Uh, list here pulled up should we should we start talking about what we've seen yeah yeah let's do it um well i you know i'm also i think i'm gonna kind of omit some 2022 movies i mean i'll i'll mention them oh yeah because i i was gonna say the same okay. thing go go ahead. yeah because we've got our our 2002ies coming up mm-hmm. not too far away within the next probably like month or so we'll record that yeah and uh yeah so that that that'll be our like year-end spectacular we'll kind of wrap up 2022 and give our like our top tens and we'll give some awards and the most important award of course is the most 2002 movie of 2022 right yeah uh so the little things was last year's right was yeah the little things was the big winner last year for most 2002 movie of 2021 (laughs) so i'm very excited to see uh what we decide on for that one um yeah and uh it i i i've watched a couple of 2022 movies recently because I'm kind of in the process. I I'm sure you're in a similar yeah, similar boat where I'm I'm like trying to catch up on a lot of the movies that like came out last year that I wanted to see this yeah. last year. And uh yeah, so I'm finally I'm finally watching a lot of that stuff. Well, I mean a lot of it's hitting like streaming 
or coming out mm-hmm. on Blu-ray or whatever now too. So like, right. Uh, it's, it's like a good opportunity for me to finally see it because I wasn't able to get to the theater, you know, and busy being busy from work or, uh, just having other stuff to do or like mm-hmm. in, in, in some cases, like a lot of the movies that, that like I wanted to see weren't even really playing all that close right to us and it's not like we live in the boondocks we live in southern california like you know in long beach so like (laughs) you know a half hour away from la um yeah but sometimes stuff just doesn't expand beyond like a few central theaters in la Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's good to finally see some of this stuff and and then like the way two that movies have theatrical runs nowadays they're very brief windows like if you mm-hmm. can't get to see a movie during like the first two weeks it's usually gone yeah unless it's like unless it's like a huge budget movie um so. unless it's top gun maverick right top gun maverick which is like, what... like still in theaters right is it well i don't know like a couple Man, like in mid-November, I think I went to the theater and it was still playing, which I thought was wild. That is wild because it it had already come out on home video by then. Yeah. It came out on home video like sometime in November, I think, because I got it. Or no, it came out on like Halloween. Either Halloween or like November 1st. Yeah. I know when I went to go see The Menu in theaters, it was still playing. And that was like November twelfth or something like that. Yeah, that that's pretty wild. I mean, it, it is kind of cool to see a movie like do really well again. Like Avatar, Avatar's doing like pretty well worldwide, but not quite like top, but not like Top Gun levels here in the states anyway. Um, I gotta say, I would have never thought that Top Gun would have done as well as it did no i i, was, I wouldn't never have called it no no and I, I mean i don't think you could really call it the way it has played out mm-hmm. but like i thought that nobody was gonna give like a shit at all like no like the first time we saw the trailers like what years ago at this point because they were sitting on that movie yeah and i remember like thinking like how foolish they seemed to like hold it back right during like quarantine and stuff like mm-hmm. that like like thinking like oh why you know yeah. just like put it out somewhere uh and uh they 100 percent proved me wrong <laughs> yeah because it was fucking huge yeah it's it a global phenomenon um yeah. and i didn't even like I mean, I, I, we we talked about it a little bit. I didn't even like that movie all that much. At least not the way, like... No, no, it was fine. But no, I didn't love it. It's pretty low on my 2022 list. I mean, there's definitely things I admired about it. Um, but uh, anyway, that this is all, I guess, a discussion for the for the 2002-ies episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting back to what you were saying, I was just probably going to briefly mention the... 2022 movies that i was gonna like have on my top 10 and like honorable mentions that i've watched recently um so we can talk more about those for the the 2002 episode okay yeah um but I'll, I'll still mention what i watched recently but we, we've watched a lot of stuff in the last month and a half yeah sure um 
so we're gonna do this uh we're gonna stagger it we're gonna i'm gonna say what i've seen and then dan will say what he's watched uh who should go first um doesn't matter do you want to go so we're going back to the time machine right (laughs) yeah um i i've got my list pulled up and i watched men with brooms on november 14th okay yeah i watched the time machine on november 14th so the 15th on looks like our uh okay our, our starting point um well the first thing i watched uh after that was actually a, a 2022 movie which was x okay um and then after that the next day uh, i watched well we watched outland mm-hmm. uh the peter hyams movie with uh sean connery the space western yeah which was uh kind of a fun movie yeah i liked it um yeah it was kind of like uh uh high noon but on a uh mining colony in space yeah it, it uh it was cool he's like a he's like a u.s marshal who uncover or not a u.s marshal uh just like a, a marshal who uncovers some corruption on this space station this mining colony space station and uh you know tries to take care of business and take down the the villain who is uh peter boyle yeah yeah peter boyle doing some great work uh yeah no uh it's uh it looks great too mm-hmm. like it, it, it had it looks very similar to like alien and stuff and obviously yeah. it's, it's a couple years later but um it's, uh, 1981 right um yeah it, it takes place uh on uh io which is jupiter's moon uh and and, yeah i don't know it's uh it's got some it's got some cool like you know late 70s early 80s like practical movie effects stuff yeah Uh, yeah, just just a some good some good miniatures well what i'm assuming are like miniatures yeah Yeah, i think so yeah yeah it was it was pretty fun Who, who else was in the cast for that one um let's see outland peter boyle uh john ratzenberger was in it oh yeah mm-hmm. um honestly that's pretty much it i don't really recognize any yeah. of these other names francis sternhagen i don't know who that is james b sicking kika markham clark peters mm-hmm. stephen burkoff uh stephen burkoff i know who that is uh the name definitely sounds familiar oh from like uh octopussy and he's the bad guy from uh beverly hills cop one yep yep and uh clockwork orange uh yeah yeah that guy uh yeah i i enjoyed outland i'd watch it again Mm mm-hmm yeah it was fun 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 little little genre movie uh peter hyams uh interesting interesting career that guy Mm -hmm. i think i enjoy more peter hyams movies than i have not enjoyed um i mean i don't know i don't know if he's made a legitimately like great movie probably not but uh, i mean i'll watch sudden impact uh or no sudden death i'm sorry sudden Sudden death Death. or or uh, time cop or neuro margin 
any day of the week uh yeah i mean those are those are good ones uh, i would lump this in with with those too um i think the presidio is very bad <laughs> i don't i don't think i don't know if you've seen that movie i just watched i've it. never seen the presidio uh it's bad uh yeah let's see oh end of days is very bad too that's a very bad movie <laughs> yeah probably everything post uh sudden death even though sudden death is like a bad movie too <laughs> yeah i would still yeah. i would still watch sudden death but everything after sudden death is probably pretty bad right uh end of days yeah uh let's see i think there's sound one of thunder for... oh Which yeah is that's a bad a one third. so uh peter himes i've never seen like capricorn one nor have i uh oh he did the musketeer also oh god i forgot about that which, oh from 2001 right 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 which we could do we could probably do like a home video episode on that if we wanted to uh i don't i don't think i really want to though <laughs> um i never saw it yeah no me neither uh yeah what he i think the last thing he did was a straight to video van damme movie called enemies closer from 2013 yeah and then i i would say the other kind of like famous peter hyams joint that we haven't talked about is uh 2010 the year we made contact oh yeah which mm-hmm. i've never i've never seen uh i've seen it yeah yeah not not one of my favorite peter hyams yeah. films well they can't all be winners right they can't all be sudden death or time cop i mean sudden death is a good time it's got powers booth as the villain which is always a recipe for six for success in my opinion it's put powers booth in your movie and just like wind him up let him go and he was like a very like over the top villain in that movie oh yeah which is kind of like really his he only has like one speed powers mm-hmm. booth um so great on deadwood mm-hmm. yeah um i mean he's great in like everything i've ever seen him in but like yeah um uh, <clears throat> and sigh, sigh from deadwood yeah so good and he's pretty great in another uh a 2002 movie uh frailty yeah that's right yeah he is yeah which we'll be talking about uh hopefully next year depending on our pace <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see i mean i i think i think we have plans or maybe we haven't discussed this but mm. i think i think we both want to pick up the pace a little bit with with it yeah i mean that would be great if we could but <laughs> yeah so i mean, we'll see it's all it's 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 all you yeah. know in the air still but we got to work with our schedules and then we've got guests that you know also have their own own schedules so yeah we're, we're doing our best we are we are and you know we're the only people doing this nobody else is watching all the movies in 2002 in chronological order it's true um but uh yeah so outland was pretty good and then uh the next movie i saw after that was the menu which i saw on november 19th which i did not care for 
Yeah, I, I just thought it was like a little too on the nose because it's like, you know, very much like a another one of these like movies about class warfare, which uh, is just kind of becoming like a thing lately. You know, we were talking about on our last episode how horror movies like feel the need to squeeze in like important themes recently. And this is another movie that is just like trying to fit well, in. even... Even non-horror movies. Uh, I will get into it because I watched it. We'll get into it at some point. Maybe not much of this episode, but uh, for sure on the 2002s. But like Glass Onion is like nauseatingly full of that that kind of like you know uh, stuff. And uh, I, I yeah I don't I, it's a it's a like. I see the point that they're making, but they think they're being so clever when they like, when they like inject some of that into um, like an allegorical, like genre movie or whatever. And it's just like, I get it. No, I understand. We, we get it. Like, and then like glass onion specifically just like bangs you over the head repeatedly. And you're just like, God, no, stop, please. (laughs) I feel, I felt pretty, similarly about the menu uh which is uh produced by mr adam mckay which i here's your problem (laughs) is is somebody i particularly have an issue with when it comes to their more like serious movies um that being said like you know the cast was pretty great like ray fines was was really good and anya taylor joy was was also really good but uh the script was just kind of, yeah, not not really as clever as I think it thought it was. And the end in particular, very like anticlimactic in my opinion. So yeah, not a huge fan of the menu. Right. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that Rafe Fiennes hasn't had more of like a sort of like renaissance period post like Grand Budapest Hotel than he has. Yeah. Like, because he's so great in that movie and I feel like he hadn't really been in as much there for a while and i Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he's had that kind of like resurgence period that uh you know some actors get when they when they do something so exciting like that and he was great in budapest oh yeah yeah one of my favorite performances of the last like decade or whatever um well all right so next uh i watched a movie I don't know, I guess we'll talk about it on the 2022 episode. Uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, okay, yeah. I still haven't watched it. It's fine, honestly. It's not It's not bad. It's It's very similar to Walk Hard, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't really know it was going to be that similar to Walk Hard mm-hmm. like when I saw it, like before I saw it. Um, and it's it's got some it's got some chuckles in there it's got some mm-hmm. some funny stuff it's not great but uh yeah a lot of a lot of cameos i heard yeah yeah definitely definitely a lot of cameos um it's better than i expected because i i didn't have very high expectations for it going yeah. in so yeah i i actually thought it was supposed to be like a more a more serious uh like biopic Maybe I'm silly for thinking that, but then I started reading reviews and I was like, oh, this is like a, like a walk hard kind of a thing. Yeah, it is. It is. 
Um, like, I mean, it, it's got like a caricature of like Madonna, like in it. Evan Rachel Wood plays the Madonna, and Madonna like like takes over like a, a like a drug cartel, like a Mexican drug right. cartel and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's silly. Um, yeah, when I started reading that stuff, like in the reviews, I was like, oh, this is not like really what I was <laughs> yeah. expecting at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't love it. Um, I actually, I was having a pretty good time for like, I would say about half of it. And then, then it was just sort Mm. of like, all right, it's kind of, it's kind of overstaying. It's welcome for me. Um, Yeah. But it, it, which to be honest, walk hard does the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. Walk hard. I don't think is as good as some people say it is. Um, I've said before, walk hard is like a half great movie half terrible movie (laughs) yeah 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 i mean it's got good stuff throughout but like yeah there are definitely uh lulls in one right um yeah and i don't know it it is fun though that like the spoof genre to see the spoof genre like in a movie again you know because yeah come back a little bit in 2022 nice like like uh like the heydays of like you know all the Leslie Nielsen yeah. movies and stuff like that, aka the early nineties, right? The the greatest <laughs> the greatest time period in cinema history. You had like the first couple Naked Gun sequels. You had Hot Shots Part Two, yeah, and Hot Shots, great stuff, and uh, Loaded Weapon One, Loaded Weapon One, which we <laughs> we both love, right? <laughs> I don't know if I love it, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a movie, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's see. And then after that, I well, let's see. On November twenty second, I watched uh, Little Odessa, which was the I'm pretty sure it was the first James Gray film, um, mm-hmm. which is like a like a low budget uh, crime drama with Tim Roth and Eddie Furlong. Mm-hmm um it's it's pretty good it's not great um i read a review where somebody described it as like a um like a a sopranos uh like like a subplot of like a sopranos episode Mm -hmm. and that's like pretty a pretty appropriate description of what it is it's just kind of like a like kind of a quiet crime drama um pretty good performances by Tim Roth and even Eddie Furlong, probably lower on my James Gray list, but it's uh, it's pretty good. I'd check it out if if you ever like stumble across it on Tubi or cable. I always get that movie mixed up with uh, Little Nikita, right? The uh, River Phoenix Sydney Poitier movie, right? Which I I have not seen that. No, neither have I. Yeah. Yeah, I just had never seen Little Odessa, and I I think like a couple days before I watched that, I saw Armageddon Time, and I was like, well, I should probably watch Little Odessa, and it happened to be on Tubi, so I threw it on. We love Tubi. Mm-hmm. We do love Tubi here at 2002 of Film Odyssey. 2002 Tubi. They could, we would change the name of the show if they want. I don't even know what they would give us. Would they just send us like a some merch yeah i would take like a tubi hat or something yeah i do love tubi the next movie i have on my list is uh back in action 
<laughs> which is uh billy blanks jalal Merhai. yeah actually no not jalal Merhai. uh billy blanks uh roddy piper movie right we watched yeah it's part of movie our movie night we've watched so many movies with billy blanks and jalal Merhai and you know similar actors that we we get them mixed up i think with one another because i also thought this was one of the ones with jalal Merhai. So many Billy Blanks movies <laughs> uh, because I have seen like almost all the Billy Blanks movies. Yeah, we have right together. But yeah, and I think it's possible that like uh, somebody might not even know that Billy Blanks did movies. Yeah, right. Like they might just think of him as the Ty Bo guy. Right. I mean, I think I like when I first like when I first found out about Ty Bo, I didn't know that Billy Blanks was in movies. Like I way back then because during the uh like during quarantine we would you know we've talked about this before we did movies uh via zoom like we did movie nights and i think i might have selected the first billy blanks movie that we watched which was uh showdown is that right yeah that sounds right which was like a karate kid update that was that was a pretty good time that movie he was like a like a janitor who yeah uh i can't remember his backstory but he uh he had like some kind of tragic backstory where his family died or something like that and he was a martial arts expert and he trained this kid uh, this like outcast at some high school in martial arts so he was like the mr miyagi of this movie yeah, and then there was like a a karate tournament and a titular showdown, right? Um, and that was a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, we watched like a ton of Billy Blanks movies over the last couple of years. Really opened the floodgates. Yeah, one of which was Back in Action. Yep, Back in Action. Uh, I don't really remember what this movie was because <laughs> we've watched so many similar <laughs> movies since but i could read a quick description uh, sure go ahead uh two men have different motivations but the same goal when they team up and mount an assault on a powerful drug gang uh yeah um yeah yeah this is coming back to me because we just watched it like not that long ago yeah uh i mean this the scene i remember the most is like the like drug bust at the beginning of the movie where they're both there for some reason but but neither (laughs) are bad guys yeah this i wouldn't call this one of the better billy blanks movies no 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 it's it was you know watchable enough but uh pretty bad yeah yeah so we watched that one um back in action yeah no relation to Looney Tunes back in action. No, 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 no relation to that, to that Joe Dante film. Um, and then uh, the next movie I watched, well, the movie I watched after Little Odessa uh, that same day was uh, A Few Good Men with uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise and uh, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore. Uh yeah you can't handle the truth um which is a movie that uh i think is pretty good uh yeah i mean it's one of those like very watchable 90s thrillers yeah it's like a a movie my grandma really liked 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a good time. Uh, I haven't seen that in a very long time, but yeah, I mean, I remember it being like pretty watchable. It's got a great cast. Colonel Nathan Jessup, which uh, he came up when we did our uh, military movie trivia mm-hmm. after we uh, talked about we were soldiers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, did I? I, I think I got that one. Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. Nice. Uh, but yeah, good cast and few good men: J.T. Walsh, uh, Kevin Bacon, Matt Craven. Christopher Guest. Yeah. I don't remember Christopher Guest in that. Uh, he was a lawyer? Yeah, he was a lawyer. Um, yeah, I mean, not really too much to say about A Few Good Men. It's uh, a few good uh, minutes at the movies. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, one of the reviews, or one of the blurbs that's like on the DVD case says, like, Cracker Jack Entertainment, uh, which is true. <laughs> yeah that's true all right uh thank you like peter travers or yeah or whoever whatever, that was whatever one of those guys said the that. early 90s peter travers whoever yeah. that is um not willy waffle wafflemovies.com <laughs> um uh, the next thing I watched was I rewatched Foxcatcher for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I like that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't like it quite as much as I remember liking it the last time I watched it. Not like I didn't think it was like bad or anything. I still like it, but it it's yeah. It's such a uh, like cold bummer of a movie that it's like hard. It's a hard movie to kind of like. Yeah, have a fondness for really, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I I haven't seen it since theaters actually, which was twenty fifteen, right or fourteen, fourteen, and I actually remember liking it a lot, and I remember like people that I would talk to about the movie after I saw it, not not critics, but like just like regular people, uh, all hated it. And I remember thinking, like, that it was a little underrated for that reason, just because every civilian that I talked to thought it was, like, <laughs> well, just, like, non, like, movie critic uh, thought it was no, uh, really shitty. Because it got, as far as, like, critics go, it got pretty good reviews. Like, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. it's, like, in the low 80s or something like that. But right. everybody I talked to was like, no, that movie sucked. And uh, I thought it was pretty good it's good it's very long yeah um well i mean it's not like absurdly long but it's it is like what two hours two hours and 15 minutes it's like yeah that's just 10 15 minutes yeah it's some something Mm -hmm. like that uh it is a very cold movie uh it's not uh I don't know. It's kind of unrelentingly cold. Like it's just kind of like a bummer from start to finish. Um, yeah. And that uh, weirdly, that's like the last thing Bennett Miller's done. Yeah, uh, he hasn't done a movie since. Yeah, which is weird. Maybe because people didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Regular people. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, um, I, I think it's pretty good. I think. Uh, yeah. Channing Tatum's pretty good in that movie. Uh, that is a pretty good Channing Tatum movie. Uh, um, Carell's a little, little bit of a caricature at times in it. 
Um, I remember really liking that scene where he was like uh, uh, in the helicopter and he like he was on like cocaine, like yeah. he was really high. Yeah. Um, but that was like very much him, him acting in a big way. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I think he thought he was going to get his Oscar for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably was somewhere in the back of his mind that he could get an yeah. Oscar nomination for this movie. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, I yeah. own it on Blu-ray, though. And I think I was like, after I watched it, I was like, I don't really need to own this on Blu-ray anymore. Because <laughs> it's like... Don't know if you'd rewatch w- it. At what point am I going to am I gonna watch this again on Blu-ray, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, it is a movie I keep re- meaning to rewatch because I haven't seen it since 2014. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since since that, like, right around its release. I, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it when it first came out on, like, home video. Mm. But um, I hadn't seen it since then either. So I, I don't know what compelled me to, like, throw it on instead of watching, like, mm. something I hadn't seen. But... I, I guess I just right. felt like watching it, you know. You know how that goes sometimes, so. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next thing I watched was on November 27th, and it was uh, Kill Point, starring Leo Fong and mm-hmm. Branscombe Richmond. Well, you should actually, you should talk about, like, the next uh, five movies, because... yeah. That that was your uh, birthday movie marathon. Right. So November 27th is the day before my birthday. And uh, our friend Travis kind of started this thing uh, for his bachelor party where he was like, well, all I want to do is watch like movies all day and do a movie marathon. And well, I was like, well, I'll do the same thing for my birthday because uh, that was like a month later. And uh, so I did. And you guys all agreed to it. And we even got a couple more people involved. Yeah. A couple other friends stopped by. And we watched six movies that day. Yeah, six movies. I thought it was five. Uh, One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five movies. Kill Point, Strike Commando, Silent Partner, 88 Minutes, and Kickboxing Academy. I thought there was one more. Let me see here. Was there one more? Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, it was just five. Yeah, I guess Travis, when he did his movie marathon, he did six, but I didn't quite reach the same same amount. I think we started a little later, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we started with Kill Point with uh, Leo Fong and mm-hmm. Richard Roundtree and Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> Pretty bad one. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was... I, I mean, I had an okay time with it. It was, like, a little more serious than the other Leo Fong movies we've watched. Because we, over the last couple of years, we've watched quite a few Leo Fong films. Yeah. This was more... It kind of felt like a little bit more of, like, a like a 70s exploitation movie, this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo Fong's, like, a cop who's... He's investigating this biker gang, right, that, that smuggles weapons... And Cameron Mitchell's the the crime boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we've watched so many of these movies, they all kind of m- muddle <laughs> together. I mean, you could also just kind of come up with a very basic, like, action, shitty action movie plot, and it would probably work for a lot of them. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, pretty, like, straightforward, and maybe, like, a little too serious for its own good, but I do remember that it had a pretty good, uh, soundtrack, this one, like, kind of a cool, cool 80s synth soundtrack. Yeah, I do remember liking the soundtrack. And, you know, Cameron Mitchell shows up, and he does his thing. He, I think he's in, like, a hot tub in one scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we noted while watching it that Cameron Mitchell is almost seemingly contractually obligated to be sitting down in all of the yeah. Leo Fong movies that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a lot of these, like, uh, like, these shitty action movies that we've seen with Cameron Mitchell, he's just very, like, he looks very comfortable in all his scenes. He's, like, either on a couch... Or in a hot tub, or just, you know, has his legs kicked up. Um, but it's always good to see Cameron Mitchell show up. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he certainly showed up a lot for a while there. <laughs> uh, he's in a lot of, he's in a lot of uh, crappy movies we've watched. <laughs> yep. Um, and there was, like, a pretty funny scene in this one where he's, like, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but he's, he's in a bar like it like maybe during the last like 30 40 minutes of the movie and he's uh just like having a bunch of drinks and he's like really annoyed by a baby that's crying uh like on the opposite side of the bar um and i think that like the audio was obviously added in after the fact (laughs) like the baby baby crying but he just keeps getting like super annoyed that the baby's crying throughout this scene and he's just like well shut that baby up and you can't even really understand what he's saying (laughs) he's like you got you gotta keep that baby quiet um that was a pretty good scene in that movie but other than that kill point not my favorite leo fong film yeah no definitely not it's no blood street or low blow no yeah Uh, which remain the high watermarks yeah or uh, Hawkeye, which he directed but not uh, did not star in. Hawkeye was pretty awesome. Hawkeye was our first exposure to the Leo Fong verse. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we watched what Strike Commando was next. Yeah, Strike Commando, which was a uh, Vietnam movie, like a non exploitation movie directed by bruno Mattei, so it's like an italian vietnam movie from the late 80s i think 1987 um starring a guy named reb brown which is a pretty cool name um i thought strike commando was okay i thought there were some some laughs to be had he's he screamed a lot uh the (laughs) strike commando and then we had to we had to uh do a palate cleanser we had to watch like an actually like good movie as a palate cleanser. yeah so we watched after strike we commando. watched strike commando and then after that we watched uh the silent partner with elliot gould which was my choice because yeah that was my my day where i got to choose everything uh and that's from 1978 yeah that's a really f- cool movie i think like a cool little crime movie uh like a cat and mouse crime flick uh, Elliot Gould's like a bank teller and he kind of figures out that his bank is about to be robbed and so he kind of hatches this scheme to outsmart the bank robber who is played by Christopher Plummer um, and kind of figures out a way to steal the money out from under him 
and then it doesn't his plan doesn't quite play out as planned and they end up doing this like kind of back and forth battle of wits which is pretty interesting uh yeah i think this is a really cool movie and i'm a little surprised that it it hasn't been remade just because it's like such a neat idea yeah i think oh yeah definitely it definitely feels like the kind of movie that could get like a you know a modern remake or whatever and yeah probably be a lot worse but um yeah no it's it's great i mean elliot gould was such an awesome movie star because he seemed seemingly mm-hmm. such an unlikely movie star you know yeah he was like a sex symbol back then <laughs> yeah well i mean and you watch it and you're you you like get it even even though you kind of don't at the same time you're like well how mm-hmm. why but then you're like no i get it yeah you see it um yeah no he's awesome christopher Plummer's awesome it's such a yeah he's such a such a prick in that movie um christopher is, Plummer, yeah 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 uh yeah this is a a canadian film mm-hmm. um filmed in toronto right i think so yeah yeah and uh yeah, Christopher Plummer, uh, he's a very evil character, and um, it has, like, a really, in my opinion, a very gnarly death scene that, when I watched it, I was like, wow, this is pretty violent, considering it's from, like, 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a this is a really good one, I think. It's one of my favorite uh, Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, it takes place during Christmas time, and... Uh, Christopher Plummer's character disguises himself as a uh, well he doesn't disguise himself he goes like he's a a bank robber who goes undercover as a a mall santa and that's his cover when he like goes into this bank that's in a like shopping mall in Toronto right yeah one of my favorite christmas movies also featuring a very young uh John Candy yeah John Candy uh is one of the uh bank tellers or one of the bank employees yeah right and then after the silent partner we watched 88 minutes (laughs) 88 minutes which Uh, is a movie we on this show have done an entire episode about you should if you're listening to this and you've listened to multiple episodes of this show but have not heard that episode you should give that a listen you should listen to it uh it's pretty interesting because that is not a 2002 <laughs> film. That is a movie that got released theatrically in 2007. But for whatever reason, even I don't even know if we really know why we decided to do an episode about it. We we did an episode about it. And uh because fuck you, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that's a that's a movie. Yeah, I think we could just talk endlessly about 88 minutes oh yeah yeah it's a it's a fascinating movie um Mm -hmm. uh i i i i foresee because we've kind of joked about this you know together off mic or off podcast or whatever uh about doing like an 80 another 88 minutes episode and i could see that happening again fairly soon i'm i'm sure it will yeah um because you know our show has like very specific rules like we're just watching every 2002 movie so i think it's funny that we did an episode 
about a movie that did not come out that year. <laughs> and we've joked about doing another episode about the same movie. I mean, there's um, so much to talk about in that movie. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, if, if our listeners listen to us or like take one recommendation from us, from any episode of this show, it's check out 88 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah give it a whirl. al pacino race against time movie he's he's a uh world-renowned forensic psychologist uh being toyed with by a uh, serial killer played by neil mcdonough um there's a character named guy laforge <laughs> in the movie uh clad in leathers mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, go go Insane. back and listen to that episode where we talk about that movie because we had a pretty had a pretty good time talking about it for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could I could spend another two hours. About it. <clears throat> yeah, we should get Travis on board for uh, another eighty eight minutes episode, eighty eight minutes two point Oh, I thought you wanted to call it another 88 minutes. (laughs) Like Like another another 48 48 hours. hours. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or another stakeout. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do another 88 minutes. (laughs) I mean, we did... I did force Travis to watch it, so... Yeah. So we could all talk about it. Right. Um, Was that Travis's first time watching it? I'm pretty sure. I don't think he'd seen it before. Right. Uh, but then after that, we watched a movie that we had all seen many times before, which was uh, Kickboxing Academy. Uh, yep, great, great time. That's a that's one of those um, yeah kind of like junky, uh, so bad it's good kind of movies that like has all the hallmarks of being like a you know like a cult classic that people like watch and talk about but for whatever reason that movie yeah. has never really uh gotten its due in that department and uh it, it feels kind of mm-hmm. like one of our our little secrets yeah that is that's like one of my favorite movies as far as that goes you're like so bad it's good movies yeah um and it's a it's a pretty unusual movie it is from the late 90s on letterbox it says it's from 1999 but for some reason i thought it was a little earlier than that than that i thought it was like 97 i thought it was 97 too um but yeah it's like a you would look at the poster or you would look at like the vhs cover and you'd think it's like a like a kid's uh like karate movie which it kind of is, but it's like got all these bizarre like adult jokes in it, right? And and very bad acting across the board, uh, including Mister Stephen Bauer, who is probably the most notable actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Stephen Bauer from like Traffic and Scarface, uh, and he plays like a real like a really. <laughs> a uh, scuzzy uh <laughs> like dirtbag character that you'd see in a like a like an adult 
movie. <laughs> and you're like, why is he in this movie that's like kind of a kid's karate movie? Uh, well, the whole movie kind of weirdly straddles this line between kids movie and like softcore porno. Um, yeah, because I think we looked up some of the people involved, and didn't we discover that there were, um, like, maybe the writer or somebody did, like, like uh, softcore porn, like, Skinamax uh, style? Uh, that sounds right. Maybe, like, L.A. Maddox is, like, one of the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't, involved. don't quote me on that, but... Uh, but I did think that there was, like, some kind of connection to, like, those kinds of movies. Right, yeah. Um, but the movie, uh, it did gain, like, a little bit of notoriety in the late 2000s because it was discovered that... Um, what's the actress's name that from Grey's Anatomy that's in this movie? uh kyler lee kyler lee yeah is like one of the main characters in this movie and it like somebody discovered that she's in this movie and her brother is also in this movie and they play uh uh lovers like he plays her love interest in this movie <laughs> yep yep uh so it did get a little bit of attention like, I don't know, 2008 or nine, I think, when Grey's Anatomy was, like, a pretty big deal. Yeah, that was, like, when it got released on DVD for the first time, and it got retitled as Teen Boxer, and the, co Teen Boxer, the yeah. cover was just their kiss, and it was just, like, see the yeah. shocking scandal or whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, it, yeah. it's definitely weird. Like, it's weird, you know. It is weird, yeah. Because uh, they could have cast anybody in that role besides him. Right. And he's definitely the, the one that's interchangeable because he's terrible. Like, <laughs> she's, like, kind of, I guess kind of okay, but he's, like, real bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. They could have put anybody in that part. But, no, they put her... Uh, her <laughs> blood. actual blood brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's a movie, great movie though. yeah, f phenomenal film that I could talk <laughs> about for hours, uh, which we could do because we found out that it was released yeah. on DVD in 2002. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very late 2002. Oh, okay. So it wasn't released on DVD for the first time in, in like, 08. It was, it, it was. No. Yeah. Okay right yeah because it came out on vhs like probably sometime around the late 90s and then it came out on dvd as, as kickboxing academy in 2002 right but then when people like started to figure out the whole you know the incestual thing <laughs> um yeah that whole thing that was the late night the late 2000s got it so okay yeah but i will say you should watch the kickboxing academy version because that is stranger than the <laughs> the teen boxer cut yeah there is a slightly different cut yeah um and, yeah. and this this was on it's on tubi it's still on tubi okay so um 
I don't know. I've never Jeez. needed to watch it on streaming because I have it on, on several formats. <laughs> I have the VHS and I have the DVD. It's on Tubi and uh, Freevee and the Roku channel. Mm. So like three different of those ads only yeah. uh, streamers. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can you can find it out there. It's not hard to find. You can also obviously track down a DVD copy. But uh, yeah, at least watch it on Tubi, our favorite streaming platform. Tubi, it's, <laughs> it's got the movies. That's the that's the tagline. <laughs> Tubi, it's got the movies. <laughs> it's got. Yep, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> at the movies or at home, raisinets. But you really should watch Kickboxing Academy. If you like like trashy movies, mm-hmm. th- that's a really good one to watch. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very good. And very quotable, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm resisting the urge to just quote them because most people that <laughs> listen to this will not have any idea what we're talking about. What we're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> me and my car buddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that character's great. Um. Well, all right. Well, that's Kickboxing Academy. We can talk about... We can do an episode about Kickboxing Academy at some point. We can and we will. And that was the last movie that I selected for my birthday movie marathon. Right. Um, well, the thing I watched after that was the uh, 1996 Greg Matola movie, The Day Trippers, with like Hope Davis and Parker Posey. Oh yeah, I've never seen it, but I am familiar. Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's not great. Uh, charming little indie comedy from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anne Mira plays Hope Davis and Parker Posey's mom. Anne Mira was Jerry Stiller's wife, Ben Stiller's mom. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it. Uh, Liev Schreiber is very good in it. Uh. Campbell Scott shows up, Marsha Gay Harden. Uh, it's got, like, you know, a good, like, 90s. In- like, I mean, Parker Posey's, like, the queen of 90s, 90s cinema. So, 90s indie cinema. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It was, it's a very small little movie. It's on Criterion Channel and HBO Max. So. Yeah. I'd like uh, to see it at it's, some point. It's good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I, I, I watched it not really sure if i would want to like pick up the uh the blu-ray before the sale mm-hmm. ended because I, I tried to sneak it in at the end of november there for the criterion sale at barnes and noble ended and uh, i watched it and i i don't know if i'll pick it up mm-hmm. I, I don't know how often i didn't realize it, it was on a uh uh it was on criterion blu-ray yeah, it is it is yeah. yeah yeah i'd like to see it at some point uh, I've also been meaning to watch. I've never seen Clock Watchers, which I've always wanted to see, which is another like late '90s indie movie with Parker Posey and like mm-hmm. Tony Collette. I also want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot of screenings around our neck of the woods of that movie, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we could probably catch it at some point. Right. Um. Well, yeah, that's cool. Um. Is it on the Criterion channel? Is that what you said? Or Yeah, it is. It's on the Criterion okay. channel. It's also on HBO Max right now. Okay. Um, 
since there's so much like crossover between the two apps um but uh yeah yeah i watched it on the criterion channel um there there were some like extras and stuff on there which is part of why i like the criterion channel app um but yeah yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. a good it's a good little movie um i like you know like 90s comedy i think i've said on this podcast before Mm -hmm. is like my favorite genre so uh i always like watching the 90s comedy yeah yeah exactly uh if you had it your way house guest would be in the criterion yes absolutely the novocaine scene alone makes it (laughs) worthy of induction yeah into the hallowed into the hallowed halls of the criterion collection um so uh the next movie that i watched was on december 2nd and it was something that i went to the new beverly to see actually and it was uh a movie called Trackdown. jim mitchum was the star of this movie um who is the son of robert mitchum mm-hmm. and i'll just say right at the top jim mitchum is no no robert mitchum <laughs> But uh, this was a movie that I actually had, like, a really good time with. So much so that I uh, ordered the Blu-ray after I saw it. Um, uh, He plays, like, this this tough rancher from Montana who goes to L.A. to track down his sister, his younger sister, like, teenage sister, who ran away uh, to start, like, a new life for herself in L.A., and he goes to, like, find her and, you know, bring her back home. And, you know, of course she, like, winds up in some trouble and ends up getting uh, sold into this, like, uh, sex worker ring, and he has to, like, you know, fight some bad guys, and, you know, he tries to save her. Um, and it is a very good time. And you know that I enjoy these kinds of movies. These like, uh, vigilante, like late seventies revenge movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it does get like a little, it, it gets actually pretty dark at some points. Um, it's not as unpleasant as some of the, uh, like the Charles Bronson movies that are similar from this right. time period, like Death Wish 2. Because um, that's a movie that I think is particularly gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's like the grossest one. Because yeah. <laughs> all these movies that are like that, like these vigilante movies, like there's almost always a... Uh, like a you know there's always a reason for them to become a vigilante like there's like a bad murder or like a bad sexual assault and that stuff is like always a little tough to get through in these movies and Mm -hmm. there's some there's some tough stuff in this movie but it is like very entertaining i think and Mm -hmm. jim mitchum is like he's a very like he's a very amateur actor but there's like kind of an appealing quality about him like kind of like uh i don't know like kind of casting your buddy in a movie and editing it really well to make him seem like kind of a passable actor 
<laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's very entertaining, and there's, like, a really good um, scene at the, like, towards the end of the movie involving, like, an, uh, uh, like an elevator, an elevator shaft shootout that's one of my favorite elevator shaft scenes that I think I've ever seen in a movie. And uh, Eric Estrada is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And he's really good. Yeah, really good. And he looks like an incredible actor next to Jim Mitchum. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's cool. Um, I don't know. So you know I enjoy these, like, oh, yeah. these, like 70s exploitation uh like revenge vigilante movies and this is like a pretty good one um not i wouldn't say it's like the most racially sensitive movie i've ever seen um and like it definitely delves into some some serious subject matter involving like sex work and drug addiction but it's like played for pure entertainment and you know used to like to service the the plot but it's it's very lean and it's just like very entertaining and i highly recommend it track down directed by uh richard t heffron who directed uh future world okay future world which is a bad movie that's a boring film but this movie is not boring. Okay. Uh, well, the next thing I watched is a movie I, I didn't really anticipate rewatching at any point uh, soon. Um, but uh, it's a movie that my girlfriend likes a lot. Uh, uh, 1993's Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. Bob Hoskins. One of the... John, Johnny Legs. Yeah, one of the best video game movies of all time. Uh, yeah, we had it on our uh, our video game lists that we'd made because... Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe because of a dearth of options, but uh, <laughs> uh, an insane movie that is, like, admirably insane. Yeah, that, like, that movie's a pretty good time. Yeah, it's, like, nuts. Like, it's so wacko, um, but, like, in such a like way like i don't know especially like when i don't know if you've seen the trailer or any of the clips from the new like chris pratt mario movie that they're making um (laughs) it's like animated it's not like chris pratt like dressed like mario but like it's just like i don't know it's such an artistic leap Like, when you compare it to that, which is just, you know, very yeah. much just, like, a CGI, like, looks like the fucking video game, and and he's doing, like, a just a Chris Pratt voice, basically. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Such a strange movie. Uh, and Yeah, very, it's an odd one. Very, very, pretty entertaining. Pretty entertaining. Yeah. And, like, strangely, like, pretty punk rock. Yeah. That movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's made by the guys that did Max Headroom. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton. Um, and mm-hmm. it feels very similar to like Max yeah. Headroom. Yeah. Um, and uh, it even features, um, what's his name? Uh, Richard Edson. Uh, he plays Spike in that movie. 
Yeah. Who, uh, he's an actor you recognize from like, yeah. uh, um, what do you call it? Eight Men Out and uh, Stranger Than Paradise. But he was in like the drummer for Sonic Youth and he was in that band Conk, which is a really good band. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, really, really weird, uh, weird movie. Super Mario Brothers. Right. 1993 is yeah awesome though pretty good i yeah i had a pretty good time with it it's like yeah 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 it might be the best video game movie of all time just because there's not a whole lot of options <laughs> for that yeah i there's gonna be some weird resident evil uh fan that's gonna hear this yeah i swear those <clears throat> movies are fucking great <laughs> well we'll find out because we're gonna do resident evil on this show true true yeah uh because i think we did like our list for the best video game movies of all time and i just assumed that there would be something in there that's like pretty good but i was like wow there's like nothing yeah Uh, like the silent hill movie was like in my top two and i think that movie is like not good (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah mario brothers is my number two on uh on my video game list that we made um, yeah. Uh, number one for me was Mortal Kombat. So. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I can't remember what my like top my number one was, but it might have been Super Mario Bros. If not, it was like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Or Double Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 not a good list. It's not a good list. And then after that, I watched. Um. Oh, I rewatched Bullet, which I hadn't seen since like the early two thousands, um, with Steve McQueen, and that's that's a great, that's a really good movie. That's a cool film, and yeah, and uh, I don't think I'm gonna say anything that anybody hasn't said about Bullet, um, but that that chase scene is really cool. The oh yeah, the great big car chase scene. that is. Yeah most people consider one of the best car chase scenes um and it's really cool that that scene uh there there's no uh there's no score in in that scene there's no music yeah no it's i just love the that sound you can of, just hear the car yeah um yeah i think maybe uh it might be worth compiling a list of of movies that use that to like a good effect, like either movies without music or movies that like have extended set pieces where they like take the score out where there's like no music. Cause I think you oh, could probably heat. heat oh yeah, of course. One. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just what first comes to mind, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it can be such an effective, yeah. Um, like thing like a method or whatever like because it, it it can be really noticeable when it's used well and it can also be very jarring like when you watch moonraker and you don't hear music you just hear like weird punching sounds while they fall from space <laughs> yeah i mean i do love that scene yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good <laughs> um but yeah bullets bullets a great one um what did what did you watch after uh December 4th? Uh well, I'm not on Dece- I'm still on 
December 1st right now. Oh, okay. Moving up my list. But uh, uh, the next thing after Super Mario Brothers that I watched was uh, kind, of a, kind of a weird one. Uh, it's called The Black Vampire or El Vampiro Negro. It's a 1953 Argentinian loose remake of M, the Fritz Lang movie. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this like film noir. Um, it's not very good. It looks cool though. Uh, Sounds like it could be cool. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's it's not bad. It's just you know it's it's not much of a mo- movie really. It's it's kind of just like a you know you just put it on and look at it and enjoy the the moviness of it. But uh, yeah, it's um, I I don't know. I don't have a a whole lot to say about it. It was like restored by like UCLA's uh, restoration mm-hmm. program, uh, which they did yeah. like. Uh, what did they? They did um, the uh, Robert Mitchum movie, the really good Robert Mitchum movie. Uh, Kate Fear. No. Uh, oh, Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter. Yeah, yeah. They did that for yeah. like Criterion, so it's a really oh, nice cool. like black and white restoration um i i don't remember i don't remember what company put out the blu-ray but uh i borrowed it from a mutual friend of ours shout out to frank frank one of the coolest guys on the planet yeah absolutely yeah um i was just looking to see who put out this one uh flicker alley which is a company i don't think i'm familiar with yeah, I don't I don't really know them either. Um but it's a it's a nice set like um and I have another one that I also borrowed from Frank that I still have to watch. Um but they they did a lot of these like Argentinian noir movies mm-hmm. and stuff. So they got they got oh, the okay. rights to a lot of the, these international movies. And uh yeah, no, they're pretty cool. They're like they're just like an entertaining little uh something you throw on and just kind of just kind of watch it have a good time oh that sounds like it's worth checking out um and then the next thing i watched was on december 5th and it was a movie i'm embarrassed to say that i've seen and i haven't seen like so many other like movies i should probably see but i watched a gerard butler movie on netflix called <laughs> called last seen alive which I read, uh, I read a review that described it as like a breakdown with Gerard Butler. Like it's a a man's wife goes missing uh, thriller, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was like a direct to Redbox kind of thing. Yeah, they came. It was a 2022 movie actually, um, and it was like very low budget and. The you know Gerard Butler's character was making decisions that didn't make any sense, and it was all it was very similar to Eighty Eight Minutes in that it was like in real time sort of, and it kind of uh, it culminates in this scene where he um he like kind of figures out where his wife ended up, and it's this. Uh, you know, I don't know where it's shot. Maybe like, uh, maybe like North Carolina or something. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, he ends up on this uh, this like meth lab compound 
and it is there's like this one scene that's all done in like kind of one shot and it's obviously supposed to look really cool because it's a like a a one take scene yeah but it looks terrible yeah because <laughs> it's like a direct-to-video movie um uh and yeah it's just really bad and nobody acts like a human being in the movie and it's very disappointing because i do love a good uh like uh, like missing persons thriller, like a good man's wife goes missing kind of movie. Um, but this is a like a Gerard Butler direct-to-video thing that's terrible, and I don't really know why I chose it, <laughs> but I definitely talked my wife into watching it. Um, but it was very bad, <laughs> and there's nobody else in it. Oh, except for um, Bruce Altman is in it he plays the the dad of the uh missing woman of gerard butler's wife and so that that's like a bright spot i guess you got bruce altman in there yeah always like when bruce altman shows up and stuff but but this is but last scene alive is my second least favorite movie of 2022 okay okay um i i don't I'm probably forgetting a movie I really hated, but I don't remember what my least favorite movie of 2022 is so oh, far. I I know what mine is, and we watched it together. Okay, so it's probably the same movie, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> yes, Moonfall. <laughs> oh, right. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Um, terrible movie. Uh, the next thing I watched, uh, was my first time finally seeing, uh, the, uh, 1974 original Black Christmas. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, which is a really good movie. Really good time. Yeah. Um, pretty gnarly movie, surprisingly. Um. Yeah. And, like, uh, uh, pretty funny that, like bob clark did that and christmas story Mm -hmm. like yeah it's a very fun uh fun like juxtaposition of those two movies especially being like christmas movies um right yeah yeah no uh really liked it um yeah i like that movie a lot um you got john saxon in there oh fuck fucking love when john saxon's in stuff Mm um uh it was also maybe the first time at least that i can recall ever seeing cure delia in something besides 2001 <laughs> yeah uh-huh <laughs> there's something else that, other things, yeah he's but... in some other things but yeah he's not in a whole lot of stuff that i've seen right right so yeah that was uh that was that was fun i guess to see him show up in something else um yeah, and that no. movie still holds up. Like it's still pretty creepy. I think. Oh like yeah, the, it is. The phone calls. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's funny that I had seen both remakes of it, but I had never seen the original. So yeah, uh, I I think it's good to. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think the order in which I had seen all the different versions are. I think I saw the uh, the two thousand six one first, which we saw at a test screening. Which was, uh, who directed that? That was, uh, 
the guy that did the first Final Destination, right? Uh, no, that was directed by a guy I do not know named Glenn Morgan, who only ever did the 2003 Willard. Oh, yeah, who wrote, I think, Final Destination 1. Ah, okay. Maybe that's why I, like, thought that. But, yeah, he did Willard from 03. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first version I saw of Black Christmas, and then I saw the original, Mm -hmm. like, the late 2000s. And then during the pandemic, I watched the most recent Black Christmas Right. Which I thought was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I think it's yeah. probably better than the 2006 one. But uh, uh, I actually, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah, because I don't know. The, the new one, I mean, it kind of does the thing that we In- were just talking about where it tries to be about other, you know, more relevant social issues. Right. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a bummer to me when... A horror movie can't just be like a, a fun horror movie. Sometimes, I mean, it, it's great when it can be both. Like something like Nope, obviously, or Get Out come to mind as recent examples. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the the most recent Black Christmas also kind of works in uh, like more supernatural elements, right? Like mm-hmm. evil evil ooze and stuff like that. I haven't seen it in a couple years, but yeah, <laughs> I remember it adding in stuff that i thought was pretty silly i i saw that movie in theaters because that that came out what 2019 right like i think late 2019 yeah Yeah. and uh i went to see that movie and um uh travis was supposed to meet me there and he just never showed up like i got him a (laughs) ticket and everything he was like yeah I'll, i'll go see that with you and he just never showed up I remember like texting Travis like five minutes into the movie. I was like, "Hey, where are you?" And he was like, "Oh, I forgot. I'm at home." <laughs> so I just ended up seeing that movie by myself, and I think I <laughs> fell asleep like about halfway through, and then woke up. Yeah, woke up in like ten, ten, fifteen minutes later, and then watched the rest <laughs> of it. But yeah, so there is like a portion of that movie I guess that I haven't seen, never seen. Yeah, yeah. and Carrie Elwes is in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the he's like the evil well, professor. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but yeah, he's the big bad guy. Ah, who, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, that movie's bad. That movie's bad. Both remakes are bad, though. Yeah, just just but, see the original. Yeah, you should definitely see the original if you never have. It uh, just got a great uh, Shout Factory, I think, restoration on 4K. Oh, on 4K. If anyone's a nerd nice. like me and buys that stuff, um. Yeah, I hear, a, I hear a cat over there. Yeah, he like will not make up his mind what he wants. So I keep having to like let him in and out, and then I just hear meowing right outside the door, <laughs> which my mic is probably picking up. Well, we can mention that that we're gonna get some animal noises on the podcast. All right, uh, what was your next movie? Well, my next movie was, of course, Mindfield, starring. <laughs> <laughs> Starring the the one, the only, Michael Ironside. Um, you know, I forgot to log that movie. You gotta log it. Um, okay, what? I'll, I'll log it in real time. What day did we watch that? We watched that on. Hold on. December sixth, twenty twenty two. Um, and yeah, Minefield was a uh, another very Canadian 
production. Uh, kind of a like a cop thriller with like a little bit of uh, some like MK Ultra stuff going on. Like maybe like a cop thriller meets The Bourne Identity, but with Michael Ironside. <laughs> uh, yeah, which that makes it kind of sound a little better than it is. Uh, yeah, but, it's but like it's not bad. It's yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's like not great. It's the kind of movie. Yeah, well, because it's so Canadian, but it's the kind of movie where if Cronenberg had made it, it probably would have been fucking awesome, but it, it, it was just made by, like, some guy. Right. Uh, I could read a little synopsis here. Uh, when a police detective kills a criminal, this dramatic event triggers a locked memory he didn't know he had of him being a subject of a CIA experiment. Um, I think I read that, and I was like, oh, this sounds like it could be a good time. And then I also read that it was a Christmas movie, and we were trying to <laughs> to watch like Christmas movies during December. So I was like, "Oh, this, this could be great." And and then I also read that there was like a scene where he uh, thwarts like a a robbery at a convenience store, which I always think is a a good thing in a like a cop movie when that happens especially like a burnt out cop movie yeah and he's yeah he's like a divorcee and i can't remember if he's got like a drinking problem but it would make sense um but there is like a pretty good sex scene with michael ironside in this movie and when i say pretty good i mean pretty funny (laughs) and weird (laughs) yeah not like erotic (laughs) no not like sexy yeah um yeah, it's like it's okay. It kind of loses steam in the last like twenty ish minutes, where you don't really care how it ends. But there's some some all right stuff throughout. I think my favorite stuff in the movie was him like arguing with like the like woman on the like task force, and him like calling it like lefty bullshit and stuff like that or not, yeah not that, but like <laughs> like, like saying stuff like bleeding heart liberal yeah like that kind of stuff yeah that, that was good stuff that was funny <laughs> um but this is another canadian movie with uh christopher Plummer. yeah yeah uh who in this movie plays like the like the evil uh doctor who is kind of programming these people to be uh like super assassins or whatever kind of like um hypnotizing people to be like super spies Mm -hmm. and that was another thing i read that made me want to watch it um so if all those things make it sound like really fun it like it kind of is but not really it's less fun it's less fun than it sounds definitely yeah for sure but it's not unwatchable it's not like terrible no yeah, I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. I gave it two just now a minute ago. But yeah. Uh, let's see. The next thing I watched, uh, we'll save this mostly for the 2022 episode, but I uh, saw Bones and All in theaters. The the uh, Luca, Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino movie. Yeah. The like, cannibal romance horror drama. Uh, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, it's, it's definitely got some, some interesting stuff in there. Uh, Mark Rylance is always a treat. I love Mark Mm -hmm. Rylance. Yeah. 
Uh, and then it's, it's a good it's a good wacky performance from Michael Stuhlbarg. Uh, yeah. Who is a Guadagnino player, I guess. From uh, uh um, oh no, I was about to say. By your name. I was about to say, catch me if you can. Um, yes, call me by <laughs> your name. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's really good in uh, call me by your name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny too that like, you know, obviously the guy who made call me by your name, uh, with Army Hammer decided to make another movie or his next, you know. <laughs> movie was like a cannibal movie after all the army hammer stuff uh yeah. controversy and subsequent banishment or whatever of army hammer mm. uh who like right. i guess i don't know if you've <laughs> i don't know if you've seen any of this i guess army hammer was like selling timeshares like in the bahama <laughs> bahamas like oh no, i didn't yeah know that. <laughs> yeah he's like really 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 fallen on hard times i guess um, not that's not to say that like I, I don't know I guess to selling timeshares isn't like an honorable profession, <laughs> but like <laughs> that's not to say like everybody who who does you know work like that is like in a rough spot, but like for a mm-hmm. guy that is the like heir to the Arm and Hammer fortune and like mm-hmm. also was a successful A list movie star yeah for a while a huge movie star yeah yeah it's pretty wild that like now he's like has to do a job <laughs> again you know right all right and then um after that i didn't watch a movie for quite a long time i didn't watch anything until december 18th when i watched silent night deadly night five the toy maker nice which was your your pick for movie night yeah right yeah and this was the second movie i've ever seen from this series <laughs> yeah we we've watched the silent night deadly night franchise in an interesting order uh two yeah. five three is our current order which spoiler alert we also watched three later in december <laughs> yeah and uh i actually own the first movie but i've never watched it yeah i mean you've kind of seen it if you've seen two because like half like the first half of two is basically just a recap of one Uh, and two is a pretty great great oh yeah yeah two rules garbage Garbage day um but five uh five was okay i had an okay time with it um pretty silly yeah, oh yeah. It had uh, Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney is the toy maker. Mm-hmm. The titular toy maker. And uh who who else was in the cast besides um Clint Howard? Uh, Not a huge cast. No. Uh no, I don't recognize any other names personally, besides Clint Howard, of course. Yeah. Um but he, he is like a toy maker, as the title suggests, and he make he makes like these evil toys that that kill people. Yeah. Um, and I wish uh, I think my biggest complaint about the movie is that the the kills are spread apart pretty far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think there's like like a good thirty minute section of the movie, like kind of early on, where like nobody gets killed by a toy. 
And uh, I was thinking, that's a big waste when yeah. you got this yeah. plot. <laughs> and a couple of the kills are pretty good. Like when that guy driving the car, uh, that like landlord gets <laughs> killed. <laughs> yeah. Like would... the, the toy crawls down his throat. Yeah, that That is pretty good. There is some good stuff in this. It's just kind of kind of spread a little too thin um it's also like you, you should also mention that it's a uh it's a re not a remake but like it's loosely based on like pinocchio right yeah because he's a toy maker yeah and and his character name his last name is pedo right <laughs> yeah and his first name is joe joe pedo joe pedo like geppetto and then uh uh, his son is named Pino, like Pinocchio. <laughs> Pino Petto. Uh, yeah, his full character name is Pino Petto, uh, which which tickled me quite a bit when yeah. I watched this, or when we watched this rather. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There were there were like a couple cool moments involving toys, killing killing people. Um. So if you like violent toy movies, maybe check it out. But. Uh, just know that there, there, there are definitely some lulls in the movie, as far as that goes. Um, there, there, there was like one really weird sex scene in the movie. I don't know if you remember that, right? Where uh, it's like a, it's like a movie, like a scene that's cross cut, where you see two different uh, couples having sex, and it's like cut together. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird scene, definitely. <laughs> Very odd scene. Yeah. And then one of the couples get attacked by evil toys. But I don't really know why those scenes were kind of spliced together. Right. Um, yeah. The Toy Maker is okay. Not great. Not as good as the second one. Yeah. Yeah. But but better than the third. It's better than three, which we watched like a week after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I I had I had an okay time with it. Um, I watched, rewatched. I guess I'll just lump these two together because I watch them every year. This time of year, uh, I rewatched uh, Home Alone and Jingle All the Way. Yeah, which are kind of like my two annual staples that I watch every Christmas. Uh, Home Alone is just a childhood classic uh and then i guess similarly jingle all the way is too although maybe there's a there's a touch of irony that comes with rewatching jingle all the way as many mm-hmm. times as i've seen it but uh yeah i i gotta watch those every december uh those are kind of like my my musts um of of the kind of like standard christmas movies like you can get into like Stuff like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Eyes Wide Shut, that is like less, less, you know, st- strictly Christmas movie. But uh, although some people are real weird about Die Hard being a Christmas movie, which, it, you know, I get it is, but also I, who cares? Like, relax. But, uh, and so is Minefield. So is Minefield. Listen, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, Minefield sure as hell is a Christmas movie uh put that on a t-shirt um yeah so i i I rewatched those two uh kind of sandwiching silent night deadly night five the toy maker (laughs) uh 
Um, and then I I get I'll I watch this the same night as Jingle All the Way. I I rewatched uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, which I hadn't seen in a long time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that since I was a real young child. Uh, you should watch it again because Michael Caine is fucking awesome in it because he plays it so straight despite the fact that he's like acting opposite like Gonzo. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I should see that. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah, I'm not like a big Muppet Muppets person. But like, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good, and it, it rules because Michael Caine like takes it as seriously as basically any <laughs> any job he's ever had. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll show it to my son. He might get a kick out of it. Yeah, I'm sure he would. Um, and let's see. After that, on December nineteenth, I watched a movie. Um, I probably won't bring this up on my, like, on the, our next episode, um, where we talk about, like, our favorites of 2022 and our honorable mentions, because I didn't really care for it all that much, so I probably wouldn't put it, like, high on my list, um, although I actually, like, was expecting to really like it, but didn't really care for it all that much, uh, it was a movie called God's Country, uh, which, uh, was with uh tandy way newton it's kind of like a a neo-western she's this this woman living by herself in like like a small town in the midwest and she kind of gets threatened by some people that you kind of assume are like white supremacists and things start to escalate and you know it it tackles like a lot of themes in kind of a way I thought was a little clumsy. Like, it, it tries to kind of tackle too much, I think. And if it kind of was, like, a little tighter and, m- like, for- focused more on her dealing with these people that are kind of, like, harassing her in town, it might have worked a little bit better, but it, it kind of broadens to other problems in her life and... She's like a professor at this college and she has to deal with people kind of harassing her at work and it just kind of seemed like they were trying to fit in like maybe too many themes Mm -hmm. and it ended up not really working for me as well as I hoped it would. Um, So it Mm -hmm. won't be making my honorable mentions or like top 10 list, but so, but she's, she's really good in the movie. So it's yeah. kind of a it's it's a remake of a uh, a short film by that same director who this was like his mm-hmm. first feature length movie, and the short film is called Winter Light, because um, I was reading about it just now while while you were explaining it, and I was like, oh wow, that sounds really similar to the short film that I was looking at, which is also about an aging college professor who confronts two hunters trespassing on his property. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you want to know who plays the the like main character in that? <laughs> who you'll you would never guess that these two actors would play like the, essentially the same character. <laughs> the same character. So uh-huh. Tandy Way Newton and Raymond J. Barry. Oh wow! <laughs> who is the star of the short film? 
uh, <laughs> which kind of sounds awesome because it's like 30 minutes long. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. The short. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how to watch it. I don't know if it's available anywhere because it has like no reviews on Letterboxd, like no reviews on IMDb. Yeah. So I don't know if it's really but like Vincent Carthizer's in it, uh, Josh okay. Pence and huh. uh, Koryanka Kilcher from like, okay. the New World. Yeah. 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 Because my biggest complaint about the movie is that it kind of, like, bites off more than it can chew, I think, as far as, like, subtextually. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's, like, it kind of just feels like a movie, like, with a lot of good ideas and themes that it wants to kind of approach. But as a movie, it doesn't really work that well. Right. Um, it's definitely one of the, like, a case of a first-time filmmaker who maybe is concerned that they might never make another movie again so they're like well i want to make a movie about all these things right yeah um but but again she's really good in the movie and the acting across the board is really good got it nice um yeah so i watched that um maybe worth checking out you just don't go into it with super high expectations well the next thing i watched uh was uh probably the worst thing i think we <laughs> talked about uh which was santa with muscles <laughs> okay travis made us watch yeah on a, on a movie night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was a that was a piece of shit with hulk hogan <laughs> it's, a, it's a hulk hogan christmas movie um where he's like a he's, what is he like a He's like a nutritional like supplement guy. <laughs> he yeah, he, he's like a rich guy who like sells supplements. Yeah, he's like a that, billionaire right? millionaire, I don't know. He uh, a rich guy who sell yeah, like vitamins and supplements and healthy cereal. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like kind of a dick, but then uh, somehow he starts he gets a he has a head injury i don't remember how it happens in the movie (laughs) and thinks he's santa claus for a while but that this is only like maybe like 15 minutes of the movie where he thinks he's santa claus and then like yeah and then he's just like a better person yeah he ends up like trying to defend this orphanage from ed begley jr yeah yeah ed begley um, jr's the villain yeah we were (laughs) We were kind of talking while this movie was playing, so maybe we didn't play super close attention. And I also don't really know if you need to like pay too close attention. To no, movie. you don't. No, it's but, bad. But yeah, he yeah he he gets amnesia and he forgets that he had this other life, and he's all caught up with protecting this orphanage that he's for some reason staying at um that's being targeted by evil ed bagley jr and then it's uh revealed that he and ed bagley jr were actually childhood friends yeah that they grew up at this orphanage um which has uh uh, an underground tunnel of some significance there's like treasure underneath the orphanage i i don't know i kind of movie, movie lost sucks ass i kind of movie. disassociated uh, during the last uh 
20 minutes. Yeah. It's it's very 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 bad but, movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie starring Hulk Hogan from 1996, uh produced by Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the that Wolf was the of other Wall thing Street. About it. The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> And he he uh, produced another uh, another Hulk Hogan movie, right? We talked about this. Uh, yeah, he I think he so he, Jordan Belfort only produced let's see, uh, eight movies, and they were all within like two years of each other. So that was, and it was like the year before he ended up pleading guilty to fraud and stuff. So this was like kind of at the height of his his crimes i guess uh and he he, uh made two movies with hulk hogan the other one was called secret agent club um i will not be watching he did a movie called assault on dome four with bruce campbell uh something called prey of the jaguar um Mm -hmm. which is directed by david uh Decato, who did a talking cat um something called skeletons with ron silver james coburn and christopher Plummer. that's right i remember that movie uh, we were talking about that yeah uh something called firestorm from 1997 but not the howie long firestorm not the good firestorm <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, Blood Money with James Brolin and Billy Drago and Tracy Lords. Good Lord. Uh, and then uh, something called The Elevator uh, with Martin Landau. Um, so yeah, that was the that was the weird uh, weird Hollywood history of Jordan, Jordan Belfort. Belfort. That was that your? Did you just go? Was that your pick? No, no, that was Travis's. Or no, I'm sorry. Was that the movie that you were? Oh, because we're going yeah, like, the, yeah. back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was my pick. Yeah. And then after that, I think that's when I realized I had COVID, and I mm-hmm. uh, yeah. got stuck at home and just watched a bunch of movies. And uh, I'll just like mention a couple movies that I watched at home that are 2022 movies that will probably make like my honorable mentions for the the year so i'll just briefly mention these yeah 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 um i watched pearl the prequel to x uh the ty west movie uh which i thought was good i don't think it will make my top 10 but i did enjoy it not as much as i liked x but i would uh have it on like a top 20 for the year probably and then i also watched uh peter strickland's flux score may um which uh i did really like uh, it probably it probably would be just outside like a top 10 for me but um it's about a uh, institute that kind of does these residencies for for bands for like music groups that do these like experimental performances uh with with food like music performances involving food i know that sounds like already like very niche but um uh but it's it's pretty good uh not my favorite of his movies but i i did enjoy it and it's got uh 
what's the kid's name from Hugo? Uh, Asa Butterfield. Oh, right. I think he's the only person that I recognized. Um, uh, most of you haven't watched it, but most of our listeners would probably know Gwendolyn Christie from like Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know who she plays on Game of Thrones, but I know who she is in this movie. Yeah, she. Um, I don't remember her character name from Game of Thrones, but yeah, she's she. She's uh, a very tall. She's very tall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this movie's cool. Um, it's got a, you know, cool visual style and uh, it's very gross and has a cool sound design. <laughs> and if you like this guy's movies, then I don't know why you wouldn't like this one. Uh, yeah, I like In Fabrics. So. Yeah, yeah. If you like that, then then you would like this um but yeah recommended um yeah that in pearl i i did enjoy quite a bit uh I'll, I'll talk more about them when we get to our 2022 discussion sure uh well i the next thing on my list uh is we're nearing the end of my list i got a couple more but uh uh i watched uh glass onion with my mom mm, mm-hmm. on christmas yeah. eve um i didn't really care for it all that much uh i don't know felt pretty felt pretty uh one note very very obvious satire of like elon musk and stuff and like don't get me wrong that guy's a fucking idiot but like i didn't need this movie to like tell me that so (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah I i don't know i it starts off okay and then it just becomes too much of like the same joke or the same Mm -hmm. point that ryan johnson's like hammering home so i don't know i also just didn't really want or need a knives out sequel um like i think the first one's like pretty fun and entertaining enough as its own thing i don't know why you have to like make it a franchise but (laughs) <laughs> I've, i'm sure we'll probably get a third yeah i guess that's kind of how i feel about the adam mckay movies like big short and vice like yeah i agree like with what you're saying but it's kind of how you're saying it that i find annoying and smug yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, there's definitely there's definitely too many like like moments during glass onion where i was like oh ryan johnson really really thinks is really proud of what he's putting <laughs> on the page here like you could just feel how like self-satisfied yeah. he is at times um and the whole thing just feel, feels a little like like dorm room <laughs> sophomore in college <laughs> yeah it's a little too like epic like oh this is this is fucking epic dude or whatever you know i don't i don't know right uh, i don't know it's 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 not horrible or anything it's just too just a little too much for me <laughs> not my thing yeah um yeah i'll probably watch it at some point it's not like high on my list of things i need to check out but i'll probably see it at some point mm-hmm. um uh, and then on the 22nd of December, I watched a bunch of movies um, that I'll probably talk more about when we get to our episode 
about 2022, um, I watched both of the Claire Denis movies that came out mm-hmm. this year, uh, which is uh, Stars at Noon and Both Sides of the Blade, which uh, wouldn't... They, I don't think they would make my top 10, but they would be probably on the honorable mentions. Stars at Noon, I probably liked a little bit better. It was kind of a, an espionage movie kind of it's more of like a mood movie but it's with like margaret qualley and uh the actor's name i don't joe alwyn yeah who i don't know he's probably from some tv thing that people would probably know he was in the favorite oh yeah yeah that's right i yeah i remember him from that uh he was kind of bland in this movie uh, but Mark Qualley, mm-hmm. I thought, was actually really good in the movie. Um, yeah, more about, like, the the mood than anything else, I'd say. Um, and Benny Safdie was in it. I see that, looking at the cast list right now. Uh-huh. And John C. Riley. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, kind of a neat, kind of a cool vibe. Um, not Not great. I did enjoy it a little bit more than both sides of the blade, which I thought was just more of like a kind of a straightforward relationship drama. Um, Good performances, but nothing all that exciting really happened in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It might make my honorable mentions for the year just for the performances, but script wise, nothing super exciting. But um, Vincent Linden, who was in uh, Titan last year was really good in the movie and juliette binoche um yeah good performances movie was okay uh watched those and then oh and then uh crimes of the future was the other movie i watched uh which was really good and will be on my top 10 uh so i will talk more about that uh, when we get to the top 10 list did you see crimes of the future yet? uh no i still have to watch it um i actually meant to cancel my hulu subscription and i forgot to do it in time uh-huh. so it renewed for another month and then i noticed that crimes of the future was on hulu so it kind of worked out perfectly so i'll just watch that uh and then make sure i cancel it after i watch it um but yeah yeah no i i want to i'm going to watch it before we record that episode um i have i have yeah it's yeah, really good. i have a handful of movies that I, i'm like kind of like are my must must watch before we uh before we record that and that's one of them yeah i got a few more to watch but i'm glad i was able to fit that one in mm-hmm. yeah um and then one more real quick on the same day i watched uh a movie that travis actually got me for christmas called uh all american murder which was a like a direct to video or yeah like a direct to video slasher movie from the early 90s um starring uh Christopher Walken um and a guy named Charlie Schlatter which I don't really know too much about him but I know he was on um Diagnosis Murder Mm-hmm. from the early 90s that show with dick van dyke um yeah, yeah. and it, yeah it was like a uh like uh he plays a kid that 
uh, is a college student that gets framed for this murder and he has to kind of figure out who set him up and every time he suspects somebody that he thinks the killer might be they end up getting killed by the killer uh, until he eventually figures out who the killer is um but it's like pretty fun it's like kind of uh it kind of reminded me of like a michael j fox movie from like the late 80s that kind of a vibe like he was a very like michael j fox kind of character yeah Uh, but it was pretty fun um and it was a uh was it a vinegar syndrome yeah it was a vinegar syndrome blu-ray that travis got me so it looked fantastic (laughs) it's this like shitty movie that went straight to dvd in the early 90s like 1991 i believe um but yeah it was it was pretty fun for what it was um yeah so that's all i watched on this one day i followed up those two claire denis movies with all american murder (laughs) well you gotta it's like a palate cleanser you gotta switch it up a little bit um Let's see. I've I've got three more movies on my list. You might have a few more than me because you were uh, home with COVID. Right. Uh, let's see. I've uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night three, which we mm-hmm. watched together. Yeah. Uh, we already alluded. It's pretty bad. It's the mm-hmm. worst of the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies that uh, we've seen. Uh, kind of a weird movie, uh, though. It's very like uh, more serious, right? Yeah, more moody and a little yeah. more psychological than the other yeah. ones. Like a little more Twin Peaks, like David Lynch than the others. Oh, yeah, that was we we kept talking about that when we watched it that it it clearly came out right around the height of the Twin Peaks like craze because it's got people from like uh Richard uh-huh. Bamer. It's got Richard Bamer. Like from Twin Peaks is in it. Also it was Tony from West Side Story. Um mm-hmm. and Laura Herring, who would later be in mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive. Right, and Inland Empire, yeah. Um and then uh Jim Ladd from Twin Peaks also, right? Isn't he in that? Or no, no, the Jim uh, Jim yeah. Ladd's the Jim Ladd's the um the KLOS DJ. Well, he he is the same Jim Lad, right? Yeah. Yeah, he that is the same Jim Lad. And he is in this movie. No, 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 I know. I know he's in this. I was trying to there was one other person that was in Twin Peaks that was in this, wasn't there? Um, well there's Bill Mosley from like the uh Yeah. Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, I I thought there was like one other person that uh I recognized from Twin Peaks, but maybe not. But um, yeah, uh, pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. I'd say. Yeah, not not a good one. Maybe like interesting in that it's m- maybe yeah. more serious than you'd expect from a movie from this series, and a little more like has a like a pacing that's a little more patient than the other movies in the series. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Um, right. And it's also directed by Monty Hellman, which I didn't notice, who did, like, uh, Tulane Blacktop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, pretty interesting. Yeah. 
So there, there is one other guy that was in Twin Peaks. Eric DeRay is his name. Dare, Dare, uh, DeRay. I, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, yes. Um, the ponytail guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he, he's, he's on Twin Peaks, and then uh, he's in uh, Firewalk with Me also. But uh, yeah, he was, he, he was played the... uh, Leo on Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah, so there's yeah. a there's multiple connections to it, and it's very obvious when you watch it that that's like what they were going for. Um, yeah. So then I continued watching like movies that I wanted to catch up on from 2022. I watched Decision to Leave, the Park Chan Wook movie, and I watched uh, After Yang, the Koganata movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really liked both. Those are definitely going to be mm-hmm. like in probably my top five or six, I'd say. Um, so I mm-hmm. will definitely be able to talk more about those when we get to our top 10 list. Same. Um, yeah, those are really both really good. Uh, you watched um, Decision to Leave on movie? Yeah, I watched Decision to Leave also. Um loved it it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far um i have not seen after yang yet uh i want to uh it's on like showtime i think so yeah i, I can watch uh, it i bought the blu-ray so i could let you borrow it all right cool. if you'd like yeah um and let me see i got i got four more so since you have two more i'll just really quickly say a couple things that i watched um around christmas time i let i let Tubi just play something for me one night when i was like i don't know what i want to watch so i just like turned on Tubi and i watched the first thing it recommended which was um a movie we talked about on the last podcast which was out of time with denzel washington ah, okay with dean kane uh-huh. as the villain <laughs> With Dean Cain, yeah. Uh, which is like, it's not good, but it it could be worse, yeah. honestly. Uh, and I watched yeah. the whole thing, and yeah, it's got Dean Cain as the bad guy. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool for a movie that came out in the 2000s to have Dean Cain as its bad guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I do long, like miss those times when just like... Uh, neo-noir like thriller come out in theaters and uh, like it would do pretty decent at the box office and everybody would go see it um yeah so i watched that and then um the movie that Tubi immediately recommended to me after that ended was deja vu which i hadn't seen since 2006 and i watched it to completion and uh again had an okay time with it uh better than i remember deja vu when was the last time you watched deja vu uh i haven't seen deja vu since we saw it uh at a test screening um and i remember not liking it yeah it's probably better than you remember it's it's not great but it might be a little bit better than you remember it well being. it's in, it's interesting because some people like claim that movie's like a masterpiece that's true uh and, and that blows my mind 
Like, I don't I know don't if I see co- that being true. I don't know if I see that, but I, I think it is like fairly entertaining. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I have more of an appreciation for that like type of movie now yeah. than I did at the time. So I think inherently I would just enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if a movie like that came out now, it would it would probably be such a breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it since 2006 or whatever. So, um, maybe it's worth a rewatch. Yeah, pro- I'm probably not, <laughs> probably not going to get around to it, but I don't know. Maybe you never know. I did rewatch Foxcatcher for some reason. Right. Just sometimes these things just happen. Yeah. I, I, uh, one reason I think that maybe like when we saw it that we thought it was so stupid and it is like, it is kind of, it's stupid, but, um, we saw it at a test screening where we had no idea what it was about. Like it was before there were any trailers for it. And so we didn't know at all that there was a time travel element to it. And then when that shows up in the movie and, uh, and then there's, all these like rules that get established for the the time travel uh section of the movie it gets like really silly like out of nowhere mm-hmm. but i think once you like know what's coming it's like a little easier to digest and you can appreciate the the tony scott isms a little bit more yeah and it's not as um uh the uh the visual tricks aren't as irritating as they are in things like man on fire and domino like it's not as yeah the editing style isn't as like caffeinated as those movies <laughs> domino domino's the one tony scott movie that i will not allow to be uh culturally reappraised <laughs> you will Revisited. you will not you will not convince me that domino is good i'm sorry that movie yeah um but yeah, so I watched those two Denzels. Nice. Back to back. Yeah. All right. Uh, I apparently actually watched Deja Vu on Christmas. I didn't realize that. Did it, was it like as, as it was like, did you watch it at like midnight? Like when time was ticking over, the clock was ticking over? <laughs> Maybe. I think, yeah, I watched it late at night on Christmas, I think. Mm, okay. Um, I watched a movie on Christmas also that I never thought I would watch. Uh, mostly because I had no interest in seeing it um, uh, when it came out last year. Yeah, you saw it, um, and I don't think you cared for it either. Um, I thought it was pretty bad, but like for some reason when I was at my dad's house on Christmas Day, this was just kind of on, and we watched like most of it. I will say I didn't watch... like it to 100% completion but I watched I felt enough to log it on Letterboxd if someone wants to argue that well uh that's fine I guess um but I I watched Belfast and I I did not care for it at all (laughs) I thought it was bad (laughs) (laughs) that that is a bad one yeah (laughs) and they're just so much Van Morrison oh my god Uh, nauseating movie uh yeah like every every scene uh like there was another van morrison song and not even like a classic van morrison song like a like a new one yeah right right yeah yeah um 
Yeah, that movie, that was not good. <laughs> and I didn't even think the uh, black and white look that great uh-uh. in the movie, which I normally, like, am kind of a sucker for. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it looked all that no, uh, it was impressive. Uh, it was much more uh, on the mank end of the recent recent cinematography. Yes, exactly. Black and white cinematography. Yeah, more on the Netflix side of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I did not. I did not like that. And then on the twenty sixth, I watched. Uh, this is definitely more of a, more of an Andrew movie um i watched a movie called omega syndrome which was a uh late 80 or not late 80s 1986 uh action movie starring ken wall ken wall which we've watched a couple of his movies he's the guy from uh taking a beverly hills mm-hmm. um uh, it's a movie where uh his like his daughter uh gets kidnapped by white supremacist white supremacists uh a group called the the omega which i think is like a stand-in for um something like the aryan brotherhood i think yeah um and uh he like enlists the help of one of his like army buddies to his like uh one of his old like army pals to help him rescue his daughter from this evil group um it not it's not good and uh it was like the ken wall movie's not good (laughs) really it's not it's not good obviously but it's also not even (laughs) a good one of those kinds of movies like it's pretty boring for a good section of the film um I'm trying to think if there's even any cool like, hey, it's that guy's in the movie. Well, Xander Berkeley is one of the white supremacists. Always good when when the Zan man comes out. <laughs> um, and uh, Cole Meany uh, is in the, the movie as uh, he's working with the group because he's obviously uh, uh, like an NRA or I'm sorry, an IRA, an IRA guy, IRA, yeah, uh, like who helps them build bombs, and uh, yeah. My wife, who is Irish, was very offended that that was how he was used in the movie as an IRA, <laughs> IRA guy, who's <laughs> just a bomb maker. Um. Uh. Yeah. Not. Not great, but decent, I suppose, as far as one of those movies go. I love Cole Meany, though. Yeah, Cole Meany's great. He's very young, uh, young in this movie, and he looks young. Interesting. I I can't really picture him as being like too young. It's like my first my first memories of yeah. Cole Meany are on like Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, where he kind of just looks how he still looks, but maybe a little younger. <laughs> uh yeah i don't i don't think i would really recommend the omega syndrome unless you were just browsing tubi and you couldn't find anything else to watch well that's the great thing about our sponsor tubi is they've got so many different options for you got so much tubi it's got the movies tubi it's got the movies um i think that was what i said earlier i don't really remember for sure (laughs) uh well how many more do you got that you Uh, i've got one more movie that's it because i've got one more so you go and then i'll go okay 
Uh, I watched a movie that it's a technically as of right now it's a 2022 movie, but I don't think it's actually getting uh, any kind of release until next year um because mm-hmm. it was shown at festivals this year and i watched a screener of it uh it's this me- mm-hmm. mexican like body horror movie called hey Sarah. um mm. it's okay it's a little slow mm-hmm. um it's pretty low budget so you don't like really get to see a lot of the stuff that i feel like the director probably wanted to put in it um mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's called Hey Sarah, the Bone Woman, um, hmm. and uh, it's it's kind of like a it's it's like she gets pregnant and then uh, a bunch of freaky supernatural shit starts happening to her and she starts like messing with her body and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay, it's okay. It's it's got kind of a cool atmosphere for a while, uh, and then. Mm-hmm. It kind of runs out of steam a bit towards the end, in my opinion. But I liked the uh, the lead actress, uh, Natalia Solian. Solian, mm-hmm. um, probably butchering that, but um, yeah, it uh, it was yeah, which I think it's like kind of based on a kind of like a like an urban legend to mm-hmm. like an entity known as La Hesra. Hey, Sarah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was shown at, uh, Tribeca earlier this year. It was, I think it's big, big festival that it was at. And, uh, might get a release next year. It's all right. I, yeah. I, I, oh, I think I, I've seen this poster around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like, got some interesting ideas i just don't feel like it uh maybe had the uh budget to execute yeah come together but yeah and some good yeah we all check it out when it comes out yeah 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 i I was able to watch a screener um and thought it was pretty good not not amazing pretty good but yeah I, i i won't i won't include it on my 2022 wrap up or whatever just because i don't know when it's actually getting a a release um and then i uh the movie i watched after that was a movie that uh is making a lot of top 10 lists and will definitely be on mine i watched uh tar yeah 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 you uh you inspired me to pick up the 4k yeah but i was i thought it was great i will uh it was i watched it probably when i was at my feeling my worst with the covid but uh but i did have i really enjoyed it and it as you know it's like a two hour and almost two hours and 40 minutes i think or two i can't remember 225 or something uh pretty long it's pretty long and you know it's all about the uh modern like classical music world and it's basically like every scene is just like uh um just like a very dialogue heavy uh like conversation scene um but considering that it's it's like pretty entertaining and moves along at a pretty steady pace it'll it'll be on my top 10 for sure so tar tar yeah lydia tar lydia tar 
yeah, no, I'm excited to watch it. I, I, it was one I had wanted to see in theaters, and it kept eluding me. Uh, it didn't wasn't. I haven't been able to get to the theaters as nearly as much as I would like this year, just in general. But um, uh, yeah, and I saw the 4K for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for whatever reason, I don't know if there was like su- supply chain issues, but as of this record, it's, it's a very hard to find disc. Mm-hmm. Like it's going on to Amazon for like $60 or oh, something wow. like that. Last huh. I checked. Yeah. I have no idea Weird. why, uh, the Blu-ray is not rare at all, but the 4k for whatever reason, I don't know if like they just weren't able to produce like that many copies for the initial like pressing or run Mm -hmm. or whatever of it um but i i found the 4k for sale at like retail price like normal like 35 bucks or something like that so i i picked it up uh just because i was like gonna rent it anyway for like six bucks and i'm like well then i have a feeling i'll like it so it's like then if i like it I'd have to still spend the money. So I was like, well, I'll just take a chance. I don't like doing that Mm -hmm. very often with like new releases, but I, I, since it was super hard, since it's super hard to find right now on 4k disc, I saw it and I was like, okay, well I'll just get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's good. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. There's uh, that's, Let's see. Well, like what movie? I, there's still so many that I have to get to from 2022. Like Decision to Leave. Well, no, I watched Decision to Leave. Um, uh, I always get it mixed up with Decision to Leave because it's like a long title. Um, Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. 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 I do want to see not that even, one. Not even that long of a title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Triangle of Sadness. Tar. Um, uh i do want to check off some of the more like popular yeah i should i should see everything everywhere all at once yeah i gotta see that and uh uh, rrr i'd like to see yeah i want to see that too uh and the fablemans i should probably see yep fablemans um uh i mean i'm trying to remember like what else what else people really like um Um, oh i gotta see banshees of inishirin which you saw mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that was good uh i'm seeing i'm seeing avatar on sunday with travis uh (laughs) you're not gonna be able to make it for that yeah i probably won't be uh testing negative at that point well maybe but maybe not so i i don't want to chance it yeah um uh, oh i do want to maybe i want to check out the eternal daughter which is uh with tilda joanna hogg yeah movie? The joanna hogg even though i've heard mixed things yeah i have too um what else i feel like there was definitely a couple of i mean there's some like other stuff that i want to see that like i just never got around to like black phone like not necessarily like Mm -hmm. stuff that i think will be like super high on my list but just kind of stuff i wanted to see 
still kind of curious about men, even though I haven't heard great things. Uh, oh, I want to see yeah. Armageddon time. Yeah, yeah, you should see that. And uh, after Yang, both of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, off the top of my head, mostly that's pretty much what uh, stuff I, I know I've got to get around to in the next couple weeks. Well, yeah, I think that's all I've watched recently. So that was a pretty good chill out. Uh, yeah, very, very chill. Um, Extremely chill. Extremely <laughs> chill and incredibly out. <laughs> was that supposed to be... Uh... <laughs> uh, that ran out of that, that ran out of steam there at the um, end. Yeah, yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about, or is that pretty much it? I I think we talked for a while. No, that's pretty much it. So our next episode will be uh, kissing Jessica Stein. kissing Jessica Stein, and then probably the twenty twenty two episode after that. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And then. And then, I, what, like Harrison's flowers, <laughs> I think. I think we have to do. <laughs> um, yes, Harrison Fla- Harrison's flowers is the next one. But maybe since we're like trying to maybe speed things up a little bit, we could fold that into the Ice Age episode. <laughs> to a uh, classic double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we could just like talk about that briefly at the top of the ice age it's, episode it's funny because micah's coming back for that episode do you think we could convince him to watch harrison's flowers also? i don't think so because he watched <laughs> men with brooms uh, yeah well i think he kind of liked men with he brooms. liked men with brooms so more than maybe. i did so yeah um, more than more than both of us i think yeah uh yeah so those are the next ones we got kissing jessica stein then our big 2002 in review episode and then no 2022 oh i'm sorry yes 2022 in review <laughs> our whole podcast is about 2002 <laughs> in review um yeah we call that episode 2022 film odyssey. a film odyssey yeah um and then we got kissing jessica stein or no no i'm sorry yeah. kissing jessica stein then that episode and then harrison's flowers followed by ice age yeah that's right. It's a lot of movies to remember. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, but keep your keep your uh, dials tuned to 2002 Radio yeah. for all of that great content. We didn't talk 2002 a lot in this episode. but A little bit. Not a lot of bit, but a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But soon we'll get back to 2002 proper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I I have to be at work early, so All right. I'm tired. Oh, yeah, it's getting late. I got to get up early, too. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode, which is our discussion about kissing Jessica Stein. Mm-hmm. Uh, adios. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>